We're back again for another episode of our podcast at uh, Refuge Church. If you're new to us, uh, this is a podcast we've been doing for uh, well over a year now and just really trying to talk about the concept of discipleship uh, in a way that is hopefully a very common uh, experience for you. It's not something you hear super spiritual people talk about or something you only hear in church, but it's it's actually how this can actually be part of your life. And our goal is to is to have those dialogues and those discussions. So uh, if you're new, and I'm glad you're here. If you've been with us, you kind of know the routine. Um, but my name is Pastor Dan Hertzler, the pastor at Refuge Church. And uh, with me always are these two guys. I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And uh, we've been talking lately about the idea of worship and what does that mean in our, again, everyday existence. So, you know, when you hear the term worship, maybe you think of a worship service or you think of a call to worship or you think of worship music. And uh, maybe to some extent that's been really your experience with worship. We've been trying to move it beyond that. We're trying to define it into this understanding where, yes, it is that, but it's so much more. That That's really the, the tip of the iceberg of what worship is. In fact, um, you know, you might be listening to this right now and and full worship mode uh, because you're delighting in the goodness of the Lord in whatever you may be doing, whether it's work or driving or cleaning or just kind of uh, relaxing, but you're doing it in in just the the real rest and goodness of who God is. It, it's kind of that idea. Uh, and, and maybe again, another term you may have ever heard in church where we use this term shalom. Um, you might've heard it as a greeting. Okay. Shalom to you, or, uh, in other words, peace to you. Okay. That's kind of the common idea of the word, but it, it really has a lot more about how all things, uh, flow from the place of God being in his rightful place. So, so if you picture God at sitting or seated at the top and everything flows from that and, and everything lines up, everything is in order, everything is at peace, everything's at rest, and then you fall in there somewhere. You're you're under the shalom or the shadow of God, and and under that shadow you uh, you work, you play, you rest, you live, you breathe, you you do what you do, but you're doing it knowing you're under the shadow or in the shalom of the Lord, and because of that, that's worship. You're worshiping God uh, as He sits on the throne or as He sits in that place, and you are uh, just grateful and and you are uh, singing of his praises you are speaking of him you are delighting in him these, these concepts these phrases so so that's the picture if you're a visual person I know it seems odd talking about visual, visualizations on a podcast because you're listening but uh, that's kind of what we've been trying to get at and uh, that's why worship is so much deeper so much more uh, healthier than just singing songs in a church service uh, today, uh, one of the things we want to talk about really is that picture, but in the concept of eternity, there's an idea that you and I, if you know who Christ is uh, as your personal Savior, uh, we understand that there is uh, eternal life that comes. Uh, in fact, eternal life for everybody, but yet those that know Christ, there's a, a, a place, there's, there's heaven uh, that has been um, really designed and created uh, for us and it's not us in the sense of paradise where it's our vision of it 
where, you know, whatever that vision may look like, whether it's for some of you, you're beach people or others or maybe lake people, or, or I don't know what you are, but you know, you think, Oh, it's going to be my perfect world. No, it's, it's, it's a paradise. It's a heaven that God has created in that Shalom picture where he sits and everything flows in orders. In fact, the, the scriptures talk about even the lion lays down with the lamb, uh, that picture of just everything fitting into its proper place, everything being now ideal. Okay, we live in a world that's not. Heaven is to that. But part of that, uh, as Revelations gets into, uh, especially in chapter 22, uh, when it says the leaves of the trees, this is the beginning of the first few verses of the healing nations, no longer will there be any accused, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will no longer be more. There'll be no light or lamp or sun for the Lord will be their light. and They will reign forever and ever. And so that term, their servants will worship him in, in eternity. Uh, sometimes people get in the picture. Well, am I going to be in a church service <laughs> my whole eternity? Is that what heaven is? That doesn't really sound like paradise. But we, we want to try to help us to understand what does that mean and, and how that can even actually practically play into uh, what your uh, your your worship looks like now. So, uh, Mike, just that whole passage or just the idea of, uh, worship in eternity, uh, you know, what, what comes to your mind? Um, uh, I think I, I appreciated what you said, um, and how you laid out the landscape, um, of eternity because I think sometimes we can bring a perspective that is, I'm going to get my mansion. It's going to look how I want it to look and I'm going to spend my time, how I want to spend it in this eternal vacation. Um, and, uh, what I appreciated about what you said is I think you're really getting at the heart of, um, eternity essentially being creation, back in the way that God created it to be and to function and to, to exist. And I think a a part of that, that sometimes, um, this is purely speculation, Mm -hmm. um, it gets overlooked is we almost assume that our worship in heaven is 1000% 1000% all the time, 24, seven, 365, just praise. Mm-hmm. And we take that from verses where we see the elders falling, um, before the throne or, um, you know, the, the, I think even the four beasts in front of the throne and, um, or from Isaiah when, when you have the seraphim. Um, but I think something that, that might be important to call to mind is that those are not all the same created being. And in the beginning, God created us male and female. He created us human. Yeah. And he created us with a specific purpose in mind, which means that we all worship, I think, under the same umbrella in the way that we glorify God. And yet we execute that in very distinct ways that fall in line congruently with how we are created. And so uh, I think that when we think about eternal worship, I think there's absolutely passages in revelation and and Isaiah, but also Zechariah and some of the other more minor prophets that discuss Zion and what that time will look like and how the world is functioning, um, and coming to the throne of God and, and, and how all of that plays out. But that, that's probably, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, it's not, 
it's not necessarily always singing all the time. And also I heard a pastor say once, and I can't remember if I, if I've referenced this here before, but they talk about how often people want to retire to Florida and play golf. Yeah. And to that specific pastor, they hate golf. They've, they've tried it multiple times yeah. and to do that would be a type of hell for him yep. from an eternal perspective. And that living in congruence with God's order for some would be a type of hell to them. Yeah. And I just think it's curious to consider when we consider that landscape in terms of what it looks like to worship God in, in all that we are and all that we do. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I think one of the struggles we often have is, is we don't wonder or we don't engage in the mystery or the, the, um, you know, just the, the, the thought of heaven enough. Uh, and what does that, what's that going to be? Um, you know, we, we get stuck sometimes in the mundane of this life, or we take this life and we just kind of make a better version of it. Like you said, the Florida and the golf, like it's just going to be a better version of golfing all the time. But like you said, that's not paradise for, for things. So, uh, what is key? And you also brought this up is to look at the two bookends of scripture is, is what was the garden of Eden and what is this, this thing called heaven going to be? Because, you know, as God created and before sin entered the world, there was Adam and Eve and, and they had function. Okay. They had responsibilities. So function responsibilities, job type things, isn't a negative thing. It isn't a, uh, difficult thing. There's enjoyment in that. There's purpose in that. Some of us, we really find our value in what we do as a job or, um, you know, we love the skills involved in building or creating or even administrative work. I mean, uh, for some that, that is like, uh, you know, a paradise to them because they, they love to do that. And I think there's going to be part of that. Uh, you know, Hebrews talks about cities and, and, you know, the Bible says it's going to be a new heaven and new earth. Well, we have an earth, we, we can seize things uh, about it. So, Uh, there's a part of that. And then there's another part where, you know, there's this enjoyment of just life and relationship. You look at Adam and Eve again, there was this enjoyment of the two, uh, who are naked and unashamed. We use that a lot in reference to marriage, uh, because that's the picture of marriage, but it's also, that's, that's the relationship that God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit had. And so we're going to be in relationship as well. And so all those things, what has happened, but that, that passage talks about the idea that this is all possible and they use the idea of light. Okay. If you think about your day, your day is possible because of the sun or lights in your house, you get to see things, you get to do things. Uh, you may not always just think about that, but you can't function without that light. Like none of this would be possible. And so none of this is possible without the, in a sense, the light or the sun uh, of God making this. And we're going to know that. And all of this is going to be possible because of him. And that's where worship comes from. Uh, Ryan, what, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I remember just being back in school and hearing the definition that we were given for shalom was the way things are supposed to be, you know. And I think sometimes it's so hard for us you know, speaking just for all mankind, uh, to even imagine what heaven is like, because we've only known a fallen world. We didn't know truly what the state was like in the garden. Um, but I just really think like when you, when, when, when heaven is, is thought about, you know, I really think, um, just a passage that came to mind was in first John three, when it talks about, um, 
when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Mm. And I just feel like heaven is truly the unhindered sight of Jesus. Yeah. No more, you know, are we looking through a lens dimly, you yeah. know, or mirror dimly, glass dimly, you know, but we are seeing him for who he is. Yeah. And we were created to worship him. So yeah. it's like you are finding your fulfillment in your created purpose in seeing the Lamb of God yeah. and worshiping him. So it's like you will not be unsatisfied <laughs> when you yeah. see Jesus. Yeah. Like you can't walk away disappointed from him. You know, and all those dreams and things that we think of with, you know, I, I can't wait to do this in heaven. It's like, no, 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 just just wait until you see Jesus. You won't think about any of those things. Yeah. And it's not even like there's, you know, like Mike was saying, it's not, it might not be just 24-7 worship for all eternity. Yeah. But you will be in the presence of God himself. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Yeah. Like you are in the 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 very presence of the creator, you know, the yeah. bridegroom King. So, you know, I think it just, just thinking about that though, um, you know, it's just like, are we, are we today, you know, just in our worship? Yeah. Are, are, do we feel like we are ready, you know, yeah. for obviously you can't be fully ready, but I just was reminded of a, of a quote from, uh, A.W. Tozer, and I think it's so true because, you know, growing up for me, I mean, worship was just like, you know, hands in pocket, looking around like, yeah. oh man, when's this thing going to be over? Yeah. Um, you know, but he said, and I think it's really good. He says, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God, that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Mm. And I think it's so true, you know, because if, if it's, if it's torture for us to sit through, you know, worship, just speaking in a congregation, yeah. we got to think, well, something's not right. Yeah. You know, something's not right with me. Yeah. You know, I should be wanting to worship God. Something's off. And we know it's going to all, all things will be restored in heaven. Yeah. But I think it is just some of those indicators of, all right, I got to, there's a, there's a check, you know, with me of, yeah. you know, something might be off. Yeah, it makes me uh, uh, think of this. You know, I went to um, went to Maine recently. We went in, down with my family then into Boston. We had to went to this Italian place. I had a I had a meatball at, at this Italian place. And when I just say that, probably most people are thinking meatball what they're used to. But I'm telling you, this thing was not a meatball. Like, <laughs> like I even hate calling it a meatball because you think about meatballs that maybe you eat at home. This thing was amazing. I mean, this was like the finest piece of meat that I ever had. And it had, you know, uh, kind of homemade, uh, mozzarella, like this thing, like, I wish there was a different name for it. Mm, That's kind of yeah. what I think about sometimes when we talk about worship in church, Yeah, like we have this name for it and then we attach everything to that thing. <laughs> And yet there's so much bigger, so much greater right. thing that's out there. Uh, I remember going to, I had a chance one time to go to Zimbabwe and I got to see an African lion. Mm. Okay. I've been to Pittsburgh zoo many times. That's a Pittsburgh zoo lion. You've never <laughs> seen an African lion. Okay. I mean, it's just like, there's just a whole new world out there. And, and, and I wish people that were bored with worship could be able to just to stop to say, maybe, maybe I just haven't experienced the, uh, an idea of worship to, to what God is really going to intend. Like, mm. you know, if, if you're a person that, uh, loves to learn, you're going to learn 
everything in heaven. You're going to see like creation itself. You're going to see how God has done and structured everything. You know, the, the, Orion brought up the passage, um, you know, about kind of in part, you know, is also, uh, first Corinthians talks about, Hey, we see in part like a broken mirror. We're going to see in full, you're going to learn. You're just going to, you're for eternity. You're just going to be learning and, and getting all that information. And, and then you're going to pause in some part of that learning, be like, wow, God is amazing. Yeah. Like I can't even, I, I, I don't even have a word to describe this anymore because this is who he is. If you're a relational person, you're going to, you're going to be in relationships for eternity and you're going to not only relationships with who you know, but, but for all ages, for all times, for all cultures. And, and at some point you're going to pause and be like, wow, like this is all because of God. This is amazing. And, and if you're an animal person, like, you know, the garden of Eden was full of animals. I mean, one of the things I, I I can't wait to bear wrestle a bear. I can't <laughs> wait to play fetch with a lion. Like, and, and at some point I'm going to pause in that moment and be like, this is all possible because of God. Like that's, what's going to be this ever flowing thing. And, um, you know, uh, the, the question that comes into is if we can create in our minds or if we can, we can start to even just wonder and dream, uh, in that way, how can we bring this into a practical moment now? Now, now, what does that do for us today while we're, we're not learning or growing or we have, you know, revelations talk about there will be no more sin, there will be no more sickness. Well, we have sickness now. We have sin. We have this distortion of the truth. Like, Mike, what's something practically that either you or you would suggest that, that if we have this grand vision of what worship in eternity will be, how do we bring it down to, to this day and age? Well, I think that some of that is to, to even borrow from um, the illustration you just used with, with the meatball to, um, to not just paint ourselves into a corner that when we think about worship and, and even in church and, and things like that, that it's, it's not, you know, just singing. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, lifting up or, or, or repeating words that are being led by someone on a stage, um, in the same way that, you know, I, I don't think that, biblical prophecy is predicting the future. I think that's calling people to live in accordance with God's word. I think that's what we see the prophets doing. Um, and, and I say that to say that I think that worship said most simply, uh, was, was put forth by James and that's to be a hearer and doer of the word. Yeah. Um, to, you know, as Micah says, to walk humbly with God, to love mercy and to do justly. I, I think that those are, are huge acts of, of worship. And, and I think the beautiful thing about the word of God is that these, these were not terms and conditions that God created afterwards to try to write the ship, but he's simply revealing what is. And, mm-hmm. and, and so there's elements of that where we do see through the broken glass and yet we have the word, which is a major, major piece of that mirror that has been shown to us and revealed to us by God about how he wove everything together. And so I think, um, really learning to love the word. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that we can't think critically. Um, I think God has designed us to not turn our brains off, but there, there is a level of, you know, this, this is what the word of God says. Therefore I'm going to do it and, and, and learning how to actually implement that into your life. Um, that it's not just about the, the, what I think it might look like, but you know, what, what scripture says. And now how do I live that out here? Yeah. Because we're not, while we are waiting for the inbreaking of heaven and this is the unity of heaven and earth. Um, we are not 
it, it, it's not like we just get people saved and then we all huddle up and we just wait for heaven. Yeah. And if you come by, we'll tell you who Jesus is and then bring you into our club. Um, we're told to interact with the world. We're told to interact with people and bring them the good news. We're told to interact with those who persecute us, um, to forgive them, to, um, to love those that hate us, to really put into practice what it is that we read in the word. And, and it's not, you know, sexy, but I think it's to be a hearer and doer of, of, of the word of what has been already shown and revealed. Cause that's eternal. It's immutable. It, that yeah. that's not going to change. Yeah. And, and I love Psalm one blessed is the one who, who, who delight is in the law of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, what you're, you're looking at, even, even looking at the word, um, compared to even how we think life should be. There's, there's this concept that I think is really helpful in this is knowing what is temporal and knowing what is eternal. Yeah. And so, uh, for example, you love working out in your, in your yard. Um, you know, you love the finished product of that, but you know, you got to do it again next week. (laughs) You know, the weeds are coming, uh, but the weeds are temporal. Okay. There we know weeds in heaven. Uh, And so the joy that you have of accomplishing of getting it done, that's eternal. The weeds are temporal put in the context of relationships, you know, the, you know, maybe you haven't seen a good friend or family for a long time and you're going to have them over for dinner and you just enjoy that time, but it ends and they have to go their separate ways. That's temporal. What's eternal is, is the enjoyment of, of, of those. All of that though, is not just, okay, I just want to experience those things. It's, I get to experience those things because of the shalom or the goodness of God who has created this and given me an avenue to that and all the praise and glory go to him because we can, we can really create up like an idea of heaven and paradise without God. Yeah. You know, we, we're good. At I think that. we do it often. We're good at that. You know, we've talked about that a little bit, but you, when you recognize all those things are a product of the goodness of God, that glory be to him because of that. That might help you today look at what you're doing in the temporal to say, this is only temporary. I know what's coming eternal. Well, I think that's, that's part of what we see in the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. when Jesus is con- the kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom. He's describing yeah. what this, this inbreaking kingdom looks like to us. Mm-hmm. And we go, oh, this is a picture of heaven. And when we do these things, it's not because we're trying to validate our yeah. standing before God, right? That's where yeah. we get into works and grace a little bit. Yeah. But I think an important part of that conversation is that works and grace are only opposed to each other as it relates to salvation. Yeah. We're still called to do good works, right? Yeah. You were saved to do these things. And, and I think it's cool because we get to even right here, right now, you know, and we just did a whole thing about forgiveness and all. we get yeah. to love those who persecute us. We get to forgive not to validate who I am before God, because that's already done and settled, but I get to do it because I've experienced the grace and the goodness of God. And, 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 and I, I get to extend this yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. And, and that falls right into, uh, you know, sin, sin is temporal, right? You know, it, it's been defeated. And so when sickness comes, when lies come, when someone cheats, when someone uh, takes advantage of a situation, distorts the truth, all those things that we hate or, you know, we look and say, that's temporal. That's temporal. My God has defeated the, you know, it and, and he is eternal. And, and again, so, so in this moment that we live in, it's, it's Romans eight, it's, you know, my present moments, my present sufferings are nothing compared to the future glory I have to come. We live in a day and, and, and in that then should react, we worship. 
we worship from that. So if I know this is temporal and I know what is eternal, my response is to be grateful, to be thankful, to live according to, to his law, live according to his word. Uh, and all those now is moving you into what we were saying is worship. It is to, to be thankful and praise and grateful because of Shalom, because of God sitting on there and all is made because uh, of Jesus. So, uh, you know, this is something that I would encourage you. We've done, encouraged you a few times throughout the year to do this, but man, I would, you know, you have a good friend, you have some family, maybe around dinner table. Like sometimes you should just have nights where you're just like, Hey, let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about what it's going to look like. Uh, let's, let's try to, let's try to wonder. Let's try to have the mystery. I mean, you know, that's why some of the arts are really good, like paintings and poetry and songs and movies and all these things, because it, it helps us wander beyond just our, uh, kind of immediate moments and, and dream of things, not, not dream in our own way, but dream according to what the Lord has said, according to his word and, and share that and, and have that because a healthy view of that, I think is going to help you to worship in this day and age. And if there's anything we can do to help you, uh, you can email us at info at churchrefuge.com, uh, or if you just need some prayer, we'd love to be able to do that for you, but have a great day.